Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. This is the Tom Hartman Program. Welcome back. On the line with us is Julio Rivera, the editorial director of Reactionary Times, columnist with Newsmax, the American thinker and townhall.com, reactionarytimes.com. You can tweet him at, oh yeah, it's Julio. Hey, Julio, welcome back to the program. Thank you so much for having me, Tom. My pleasure. So your guy, Donald Trump, uh, just got two articles of impeachment laid down on him, one for basically trying to get Ukraine to trash Joe Biden, the guy that Trump figured he's going to run against, and good chance he will. And the second, that Trump refused to allow anybody from the executive branch to participate in the impeachment hearings and refused to provide the documents that Richard Nixon provided, that Bill Clinton provided, that Henry Johnson provided, obstruction of Congress, obstruction of justice. What are your thoughts on this, Julio? Well, I mean, my thoughts have not changed from, you know, what they've always been. This has been ridiculous the entire time. The fact of the matter is, Tom, and let me ask you a couple of questions first off, right? Would you agree that Donald Trump is really the top diplomatic negotiator for the United States? You know, even above Mike Pompeo, the Secretary of State, would you agree uh, to that? Yeah. I mean, not that he is. Okay. So let me ask you a question, right? So we subsidize the Ukrainian government, right? The Ukrainian government subsidizes Burisma Holdings. Burisma Holdings is a company that, quite frankly, if they were paying Hunter Biden upwards of $600,000 a year when he has no experience, knows nothing about the energy industry, there's, that's, to me, textbook fraud. So the president had every right to request an investigation, you know, basically to find out what's actually going on at Burisma. Should the United States be giving, continuing to give aid to Ukraine? Now, I'm going to give make another side point here. Oh, wait, wait, wait a the anti tank missiles. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Let me just get this out, and <laughs> you can say it. the anti tank missiles, which are important to the Ukraine to keep you know Soviet advancement and to keep them from you know annexing any other any, any more of their land were never withheld, and none of the actual money was ever withheld as a result of whether or not these investigations actually occurred. Then you're making the assumption 
Okay, let's stop right there, Julio, because you just laid down two two statements that are simply not factual. First of all, Burisma is a a private corporation owned by a a Ukraine, largely majority owned by a Ukrainian. But they are subsidized in part by the Ukrainian government. They are subsidized in part. Not in a way that has anything to do with U.S. military aid to Ukraine. So there's no relationship between our giving Ukraine missiles that can be used against Russian tanks. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's no there's no relationship there. So so a you're trying to change the subject to something that's completely irrelevant. No, I'm and, not. And B, what was your second argument? Okay, well actually, let me just expand on something else that I wanted to lay out because it's it's actually very 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 uh, important uh, you know within this entire matter as far as the assumption the articles of impeachment are based on the assumption that donald trump was attempting oh, I, to enlist the but aid no, of no, a hang on, say, your, your second point was that the, to, was to that the aid was not an withheld the aid was withheld the aid was withheld from no they, they don't it was, wasn't. It the was money, withheld the for money, several the months were made and the they anti-tank it. missiles were given Listen, this has been a witch hunt since day one against Donald Trump. Look at the Trump released the aid the day after. No, wait a second. Trump released the aid the day after CNN started reporting that the whistleblower had said that he was withholding the aid in an attempt to extort them. You know that, Julio. That's not a secret. Nobody's even disputing that. Listen, the the, the important portion of the military aid were the anti-tank missiles, and those were delivered as they were supposed to be, and there was never any interruption in that. That's literally what dissuades, you know, anybody from advancing into Ukraine is the anti-tank missiles, right? So that's an important point there. The other part of it is, did you not see, why why do Democrats not care about the fact that Joe Biden publicly said, you've seen the C-SPAN video, everybody's seen the C-SPAN video, that he was, I'm going to get on the plane in six hours, and if you want this $1 billion, this investigation better end. How come Democrats don't care about abuses of power within their own party. Because Democrats know that that investigation that Joe Biden, and it wasn't an investigation, it was firing the prosecutor, that that had absolutely... Yeah, to prevent the investigation. Let me, let me finish my sentence. That that had absolutely <laughs> nothing to do with Burisma or Hunter Biden. Absolutely nothing to do with it. Zero. The State Department That's even looked into That's this during true. the Obama administration. No, if, honest to God, Julio, I mean, look this up. If you think that Joe Biden and the International Monetary Fund and the European Union and the U.S. State Department and the U.S. Congress voted by Republicans and Democrats together took the position that that corrupt prosecutor in Ukraine had to go before Ukraine could be certified as as being a country that was worthy of U.S. aid. If you're taking that position that that had anything to do with Burisma or with Hunter Biden, you are simply operating based on something that somebody lied to you about. No, that's not true. And the other thing it is, is it what are the Democrats is. doing here? Listen, you guys, the Democratic House has spent the better part of this entire year. In the beginning of the year, it was all the, the investigation, the, I'm sorry, all the hearings with Comey and related to the Mueller report. The last couple of months, it's been this impeachment thing. Are you guys not interested in legislating and improving the lives of the constituents? These legislators are hell-bent on one thing and one thing alone, and that's getting Donald Trump out of power because Democrats are obsessed with power. You guys don't even really care about the issues that you care campaign on you know I and if, they, if there was never this is the most 
obvious example of it is what happened last year in Virginia when you had Northam, right? Northam, the blackface scandal. You guys care about social that's justice. A, that's a state government. We're talking, we're talking federal guys, government here. No, but it's systematic of the Democrat Party because the fact of the matter is it's the, Democratic the, 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 Party. Attorney General, the Attorney General, it's okay, the Democratic, Democratic Party. Party, the Attorney General and the Lieutenant Governor of that state were embroiled in scandals and you guys didn't want to turn over the power to the Republican leader of the Virginia legislature. This is all you can go off on the Virginia Democrats all you want, you know, and frankly, you'll find some Democrats who will agree with you. But that has nothing to do with this. I, I'm, I'm assuming it's that you really, let, me, let me just it's finish my damn sentence, power. would you? Julio, hold on. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming your argument here is that Congress has had basically suspended all functions in order to direct their attention to impeachment. Not all I, many. I am assuming that you are then unaware of the fact that over 300 pieces of legislation, including comprehensive legislation to protect our elections, ratification or whatever the word is for the Violence Against Women's Act, gun control legislation, tax legislation, pharmaceutical pricing legislation, has over over, over 270 substantive pieces of legislation and an an additional 30 or 40 that are basically, you know, naming post offices have passed out of the House of Representatives and Mitch McConnell is refusing to allow even a discussion on them. And the ultimate one, of course, is NAFTA. Now, the Democrats in the House of Representatives, working with Donald Trump and Robert Lighthizer, who's been a guest on this program many times, worked out a replacement for that god-awful NAFTA bill that gets rid of Chapter 11 or Article 11 with the kangaroo courts that mandates that labor has to be, 40% of the labor in a car has to be done at $16 an hour, that increases the standards for environmental quality controls, that is, is supported now by Richard Trumka and Donald Trump. That was also announced. So your argument is just nonsense. Julio! Yes. So anyhow, I just blew up your argument. I don't know if you heard the whole thing, but, you know, I mean, they announced NAFTA. So, you know, how can you continue to say that? No, there, there are. Listen, but, but still, you've got these first time legislators. They made all these promises to their constituents. They're not delivering on everything that they their, their concern is not to legislate. At where they should be. There's a bunch of Green New Deal legislation that has been reauthorizations of bills. There's been money that's been appropriated that was already, you know, allocated for certain things. There's some business as usual is moving along, but the obsession here is to try to retain or to try to regain power. That's literally, listen, 260,000 jobs. Julio, we have a minute and 10 seconds. Quick question for you. Do you think, as many Democrats fear, that if Trump is impeached in the House and not convicted in the Senate, that that will help him get reelected. Donald Trump is going to win regardless because you guys don't have any candidates. Well, he can't win if he gets kicked out. The American people, Joe Biden. Listen, I don't care what the polls say. The polls said, you know, the day before Election Day 2016, that Hillary Clinton had a probability of winning the election of probably like 99 percent, and she lost. So, I mean, well, she won by three million votes. Donald Trump is wildly popular. You know, he's not getting ignored at diners in in Iowa. You know, I mean, this is a guy that packs the house, you know, from city to city all over this country and all the battleground states. He's packing the arenas. I get it. People want to vote for Donald Trump. They want the economy to stay strong. This is ridiculous. This is literally about so you think that so I guess my question FBI, my question though was the FBI oh, hang, hang on, I got it but my question was do you think that this is going to help or hurt Trump 
them. Maybe, maybe it helps. You, them. you I don't think know. it helps? It doesn't help the American people. See, I think I'll it's. I think it's going to hurt him, but I think it's going to solve the division in the country. Yeah, well, the division in the country is being heavily, aggressively promoted. I think by Donald Trump. I mean, you know, we've never had a no, president call the press the enemy of the people. We've never had a president refuse to cooperate with Congress. So. For a few, listen, his, his, the people on his staff could have went and they could have testified. And there was one person that did testify. The rest of them could have showed up and pled the fifth. It doesn't matter. Donald Trump didn't force anybody to do anything. Uh, no, actually, they did. They, they, uh, the office of the president's, the president's, Office of Legal Counsel wrote letters to all these guys saying you can't testify. The ones who did defied him. But Julio, thanks for dropping by. Julio Rivera, editorial director of Reactionary Times. Hang on just a second. Is the Tom Hartman program. ReactionaryTimes.com is the website. The uh, Twitter handle is oh yeah, it's Julio. Julio, good talking to you. Thanks for dropping by. Thank you, Tom. Yeah. Talk to you again. Guys, remember the days when you were always ready to go? Well, now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed. Listen up, BlueChew.com. That's blue like the color blue. BlueChew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know that they work. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach, and since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready whenever an opportunity arises. If you could benefit from extra function and more confidence where it counts, Blue Chew is the fast and easy way to optimize and enhance your performance. Blue Chew is prescribed online and ships straight to your doctor in a discreet package. So no in-person doctor visits, no waiting in the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness. They're also made in the USA, and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than a pharmacy. Right now, we've got a special deal for our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when you use our special promo code ARMCHAIR. Just pay $5 in shipping. Again, that's B-L-U-E-Chew.com, promo code armchair to try it free. Blue Chew is the better, cheaper, faster choice, and we thank them for sponsoring our podcast. Tom Harbin here with you. One other thing that I wanted to mention, Donald Trump via his HUD secretary, Ben Carson, is refusing to release housing money for Puerto Rico that has already been appropriated by Congress, was supposed to have been distributed months ago. The HUD inspector general, Ben Carson is the director of HUD, and he ordered the inspector general to investigate Puerto Rico. This is part of the delaying tactic and report back about whether or not there was corruption in the local housing agency in Puerto Rico that would take the HUD money. Well, he did that. And the report came back a couple of weeks ago and said, nope, there's no corruption in this agency in Puerto Rico. Clean as a whistle. And that was the last excuse Ben Carson had. And now HUD and Ben Carson are openly admitting, they openly admitted in testimony before Congress that they are simply violating the law and holding on to the money. He said, no, I have no lawful basis for doing this. I'm just doing it. But, you know, the Trump administration doesn't care about the law. They just care that most of the people in Puerto Rico have darker skin than people from Europe. And the mayor of San Juan had, had the temerity to call out Trump for withholding disaster aid after that hurricane. I think it was Maria. Trump's racism is now official U.S. government policy. And what's so ironic is that Ben Carson, a person of color himself, is enthusiastically going along with it. It's pathetic, among other things. I, you know, I, I lack words. 
But anyway, uh, a lot going on. We've got the articles of impeachment being laid down. And on the line with us is our old friend Brian Pruitt. He is a uh, Republican candidate for the U.S. Senate in Kansas. Pruitt for number four, Kansas.com, P-R-U-I-T-T. Number four, Kansas.com is his website. You can tweet him at Brian Pruitt. He also writes for Red State. Brian, welcome back to the program. Thanks for having me, Tom. My pleasure. Things are going well, and particularly given that we now have a couple of articles of impeachment, and that whole kerfuffle is over, and they're tightly focused, not even on Donald Trump getting rich or even getting reelected, but on the damage to national security. That's the main frame that these two articles are being done through. And I'm just curious what your take is on this uh, and, and how you think the Republicans are going to be responding to that. In fact, one of the points that I've been making for some time now is that if there's not a vigorous pushback against this, the behavior that Donald Trump has been engaging in, and I wouldn't limit it just to Ukraine, and I'm sure you're familiar with the long list of high crimes and misdemeanors. If there's not a vigorous pushback, basically what we're doing is ratifying that behavior for future presidents who may be smarter and slicker and more strategic and more willing to become overt demagogues or even dictators than Donald Trump. And that concerns me tremendously. I'd love to hear your thoughts on this, Brad. Well, here's what I can tell you. First and foremost, this is not a huge issue outside of Washington, D.C. When I'm on the campaign trail here in Kansas, people are talking about immigration. They're talking about other issues. They're talking about the tariffs. The tariffs right now here in Kansas, they're affecting farmers a lot more than the impeachment is. And so I think while Washington is going to be completely overtaken by this process, and obviously it's going to be carried on the news 24-7, It sounds like the Republicans in the Senate have a plan to at least hold a trial, but make it relatively fast. You know, a day is a lifetime in politics. So I don't think we'll be talking much about this regardless uh, come February, March, April during all the primaries. Interesting. And you fully expect the Senate to fail to convict him? Yes, I think that's a foregone conclusion. I think the interesting thing that I would pay attention to Republicans maybe making a specific point and how the Democrats have potentially overreached was the note from on page five that I'll give the correct credit that Darren Samuelson tweeted out was that there's this whole line about disqualification to hold and enjoy office of honor, trust, or profit. Mm -hmm. And I think as Republicans... The decision on that well, that's is a quote from made the Constitution. by the voters. Right. That decision is made by voters. And I think you're going to see a lot of Republicans, when they do analysis on this, when they go on cable news, talk about how, again, we've made, you know, we've made it clear that we think these issues should be settled at the ballot box. My personal opinion, I don't agree with what the president did. But anybody who didn't know this is the way he did business when he was in New York and expected him to behave differently, I think was fooling themselves. And I think the American people made the choice that they did. They'll yeah. get another chance and uh, come, come next November. Well, Trump got 33 million votes. Hillary Clinton got 36 million. But, I, you know, I get, you know, we've got the Electoral College and all that. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, my favorite line when people mention that is there really is no such thing as the popular vote. People keep saying the popular vote, the popular vote. There is no such thing. We have an electoral college. Well, there, it, there is such a thing. Case. It just doesn't matter politically, <laughs> unfortunately. And, <laughs> and therefore, we've had, I think, what, four presidents who won the White House after losing the popular vote. 
We're talking with Brian Pruitt. He's a Republican candidate for U.S. Senate in Kansas. And I knew Brian from back in Washington, D.C. when you were a political consultant, a Republican consultant, yep. and, and you used to write for Red State. I assume you still do. And Let me tell you, I'll, I'll make one other quick point. Sure. I think the other mistake that the Democrats have made is doing this all between the holidays. You know, when everybody out here in Kansas is busy with their families over Thanksgiving, is busy getting ready for Christmas and New Year's. And so I think a lot of this is lost on average Americans. Yeah, that may be the case. Now, Mitch McConnell has said, Donald Trump has said that, you know, uh, everybody's expecting that the House impeachment vote will happen this week or next week. I mean, they just, Steny Hoyer has to get out there and whip the votes. And once they know, they'll do it. And boom, then it goes off to the Senate. Donald Trump has said he wants the vote in the Senate or the trial in the Senate and then the ultimate vote in the Senate to be held before Christmas. In other words, he wants Mitch McConnell to fast track this. Mitch McConnell said, no way, we're going to wait until after the first of the year. And yeah. and there is some speculation that um, a Mitch McConnell is doing that because he wants to mess with the five senators. I believe it's five Democratic senators who are running for president right now four high profile ones. So you take out Michael Bennett. So you've got that theory. Another theory is that and Claire McCaskill floated this this morning, that Mitch McConnell will let some of the uh, vulnerable Republicans actually vote for impeachment. You know, Joni Ernst. Tom Tillis, Cory Gardner, Martha McSally, and, and Susan Collins. And who knows what Mitt Romney is going to do. On the other hand, on the Democratic side, at the very least, you've got Joe Manchin, who you know nobody knows which way he's going to go. As a Republican and as somebody who's got his ear pretty close to the ground right now because you're running for Senate in Kansas. And, and by the way, who are you running against? Oh, gosh, there's a ton of people in the race and, and everybody, you know, the big unknown in the race is whether Secretary Pompeo is going to get in. Yeah. So it's, okay. it's made the race complicated, but hopefully we'll know an answer to that. Uh, When's later. the Kansas primary? Kansas primary is not till next August. Filing deadline oh, wow. is in June. So, oh, so we've got a lot of runway to work with. Yeah. And Pompeo's got a lot of time. So anyhow, to my question, um, you know, handicapping this vote and how it's going to play out from the perspective of a Republican, what do you think? I don't think any Republican is going to vote for impeachment. That is my initial take on this, because I don't see any Republicans losing independent voters over this impeachment issue. I don't think this is what motivates them. I don't think they're going to get I doubt that they'll have commercials run against them about that they voted to to, uh, you know, acquit the sitting president of the United States. I just don't see it for any of those that you named it being that huge of an issue either way. You know, the Republican Party, I mean, I grew up with a, my, my father was a Republican literally till the day he died. And he was very concerned about the integrity of the political process. He was an Eisenhower Republican. He was concerned about the national security. He was a big advocate of the idea that uh, politics stops at the water's edge. I don't understand what has happened to the Republican Party. If you could say and believe that the majority of Republicans don't really, frankly, care that this guy has been breaking the law. I mean, you know, from paying off porn stars not, not to say anything, that was a clear violation of election law, to refusing to participate in congressional oversight, which is mandated by the Constitution, in this case, in the context of impeachment. I, I, my mind is boggled, Brian. It is a different party, you know, and some people refer to it as Trump's party and not the Republican Party anymore. That's not necessarily true. There's hundreds of thousands, if not millions of Republicans that are both supporting the president, but also, you know, trying to secure 
secure the party's future. That's one of my reasons I'm running. But, are, but aren't people and concerned it, it, that you can get a Democratic demagogue that, let's say, President Bernie Sanders, you know, Bernie Sanders gets elected and says, OK, I'm going to do these things. And damn it, uh, Republicans don't want to go along with me. I'm going to do them by executive order and I'm going to push them through and I'm going to get the Venezuelans to help me out. <laughs> uh, I think we are in unique times, and I think everyone admits that Donald Trump is a one in, once in a lifetime, once in a generation, you know, one maybe once in a history of a country figure. Right. Um, and I don't think that the I don't think there's a lot of concern about I don't, us you know, getting Bush, to a point of no Bush return. Bush us into a war, and there was no pushback to that. That concerns me tremendously. It seems to me like our whole political system is slowly disintegrating and has been ever since the 1970s when the Supreme Court legalized bribery of politicians. Well, I don't know if I would call it that, but... Um, uh, well, they legalized big money you, in politics in so 76, one of the, the case. One of the things that's most important that we do, and this is one of my campaign plans, uh, platform pledges is we have to return Congress to its appropriate role in making the decisions. You know, just like you mentioned executive orders. I don't support executive orders from either side um, because Congress needs to be debating if there's anything that is, is causing deterioration of our political process. It's the fact that Congress, either nine unelected judges or by executive order, Decisions are being made without the input of the people's representatives, and that's what we have to return to, is getting the Congress to debate and decide the issues of the day. Yeah, I, I, I'm totally with you. And by the way, instead of using Bernie Sanders as an example, that's that was terrible. Bernie would never do that. I should have used Huey Long. Because <laughs> Huey Long would have done that in a heartbeat, right? Um, so, and, uh, although most people probably don't remember Huey Long, I mean, I don't know who he is. Brian Pruitt, he's a Republican candidate for the U.S. Senate running in the Republican primary in Kansas. Pruitt, P-R-U-I-T-T, number four, Kansas.com is the website. You can tweet him at Brian Pruitt, P-R-Y-A-N, Brian Pruitt. Brian, thanks for dropping by. It's good talking with you. Thanks for having me. Happy holidays. Thanks. Happy holidays to you too, Brian. Great talking with you. Kelvin in Birmingham, Alabama. Hey, Kelvin, what's on your mind? Hey, Tom. I got one problem with Julio mm -hmm. when he said Democrats are in love with power. I couldn't be more proud to be a Democrat right now because every Democrat that's voting for impeachment job is on the line. You're right. That's not being in love with power. That's being in love with the Constitution. You're absolutely right. It's a huge risk. It is an extremely uh, huge risk. And the fact that 2017, 2018, the Republicans were in charge. Mm -hmm. They had every opportunity in the world to investigate Hunter Biden, Joe Biden, or whatever they wanted to do. And they didn't do it at all. And I just wish Democrats would call them on that. Yeah. Just like the 63 million votes compared to the 66 million votes that Hillary got. They keep saying it was the will of the people. And how is the will of the people in this 66 compared to 63? Yeah, and thanks for correcting my numbers. I said 33 earlier. You're yeah, absolutely right, Kevin. I watched Fox News for some crazy reason last night. I watch it every now and then. As Laura Ingram's show was coming on, she was talking about the Inspector General's report mm -hmm. and saying how bad it is for Democrats. And on the, on the car run at the bottom of the TV... It was saying that the Inspector General's report found no wrongdoing while she was on TV saying that this is big trouble for the Democrats. Right. I tell you, wow. <laughs> so they have absolutely no respect for Republicans 
who watch that show at all. Yeah. They know they listen and don't read. That's the only reason I could see that they would do that. Yeah, or or there's some internal conflict going on at Fox News, and, and uh, <laughs> you know, I don't know. I don't know, but that's, that's fascinating. Kelvin, thank you very much. Thanks for the call, thank and thanks for pointing that all out. Kim in Olympia, Washington. Hey, Kim, what's on your mind? Hey, Tom. I'm about how can we, the citizens, support the impeachment. Right now, we have polls. And I'm sure people are knocking polls all the time, but it's an indicator to we, the American people. I mean, it's futile. We need to stay focused. Every time we bring up Biden's name, it just gets, oh, yeah, Biden, 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 instead of what Trump was trying to do. So what but, like but we are not going to single-handedly stop that, Kim. And we do need to know what the other side is saying so that we can formulate responses to them, whether it's over the, over the you know, Christmas dinner table or whether it's at work or whether it's at church or whatever it may be. We, we need to have those conversations. And, I, I understand and, that, Tom. And, and, and not but, only that, but, if your original point was you want to support impeachment, if you want to support impeachment, the telephone number for the congressional switchboard is 202-224-3121. And you need to be calling Republicans and any Democrats that you think might be you know, wavering and telling them that please support the impeachment of this president. Now, I realize you're in Washington state. You've got two Democratic senators. I'm guessing there's right. a few parts of Washington state that have Republican congressmen or women, but I don't think Olympia is one of them. Eastern Washington. Yeah. And what I want to do, my bottom line here, Tom, is to challenge every single one of your listeners every single day to take some action that supports impeachment. Either call your congressman or take the courage to call or talk to somebody who may not really understand impeachment and all that's going on here. Yeah. Support each other. I'm, I'm with you. So I'm, I'm with I you. Called about is and you said it very you. well, Kim. Thank you very much. Mark in Valley, Washington. Hey, Mark, what's up? Well, I'm kind of piggybacking on the last call. I think that all our callers, that all the people listening to you need to start calling on a campaign of shame. I called uh, McMorris Rogers and told her that her and, and the man that was uh, answering the phone, that by not speaking out, they're implicit in the death of that 16-year-old child in, in that camp. And that the, the, the death camps in, in, in Nazi Germany didn't start out that way. They morphed into them over four years. Right. And we're seeing the same thing happening here. We need to shame these people. They need to feel some fire under their bellies for what they're doing. Right. So you're suggesting that people should be calling their, their legislators about kids in cages. And well, I, yeah. I completely agree with you on that. I do think, though, that impeachment should be part of the conversation, although... Oh, yeah. You know, it's it's easy oh, yeah. to. I, I called I called Mitch McConnell and told and, and told that I actually talked to a person didn't get to leave a message there and I said that he's a disgrace. I mean, um, he's not acting like an American patriot or citizen. He's acting more like an agent of Moscow, and that's why he got the nickname Moscow Mitch. Wow! Did you call his federal office or one of his state offices? Yeah, I called his federal office and I actually got to talk to a person. I was amazed. Yeah, me too. <laughs> well, good on you, Mark. And this is this is the time, and and you know, easy activism is picking up the phone and making some phone calls. Mark, thank you very much for the call. Appreciate it. Once again, that phone number is 202-224 or 225-3121. Well, it's not the friendly ghost, but it is the friendly sleep. We've all heard of Casper, right? You know, the sleep company with outrageously comfortable products at not-so-outrageous prices, from award-winning mattresses to pillows, sheets, and duvets. Casper transforms the way we sleep one snooze at a time. 
Haven't tried them yet? Well, then it's time to treat yourself to better sleep during Casper's holiday sale. The Casper mattress is an award-winning balance of comfort and support. Louise and I love our Casper mattress. Four layers of premium foam are designed to provide pressure relief for all-night comfort. And the zone support system keeps your back aligned and cradles you with extra support. Casper is the perfect place to get all your holiday shopping done because, hey, let's be honest, everybody sleeps. And as always, Casper has free shipping and free returns. Plus, every Casper mattress comes with a 100-night risk-free trial. Stress of holiday shopping doesn't need to keep you up at night. Casper has gifts for every dreamer. Go to casper.com slash Tom, T-H-O-M now, and use code GIFTS for $25 off gift orders over $100. Shop for friends, family, and while you're there, treat yourself with a little something. That's casper.com slash Tom, T-H-O-M, code GIFTS for $25 off gift orders over $100. Offer expires December 24th. Terms and conditions apply. See casper.com slash terms. Nader in San Rafael, California. Hey, Nader, what's on your mind today? Thanks for watching Free Speech TV. Yes, Tom. Thank you for your show, as always. You lay out the crimes by this administration in much detail, but I am worried that uh, once this gets to the Senate, looking at how Republicans are behaving in the House, right. and the fact that they have a majority, and they also control the Supreme Court and most of the courts, it is really not going to end favorably for the Democrats. And the timing of it, uh, right into the spring, before election season, Trump is going to basically claim victory, say it was a hoax, just like Russia, just like all the other things. And uh, I just don't see any way that this would end well for the Democrats. Am I missing something? I think what you're missing is, you know, the essential decency and intelligence of the majority of the American people. I'll give you that there's, you know, Hillary's deplorables are out there, but they're not anywhere near as, as large as, as she was characterizing. It's not half the electorate. It's, it's probably 20% of the population, maybe as much as 30% of the population are deeply buried, you know, up Rupert Murdoch's backside over at Fox News. And they're right. not going to budge or, or are, you know, listening every day to Rush Limbaugh and Sean Hannity on the radio. But setting them aside, because there's nothing else you can do, setting them aside and looking at the rest of America... If they don't impeach Trump, then what we have done is we've said we're no longer a democratic republic. We're no longer a right. nation of laws. It's okay for politicians to lie. It's okay for politicians to cheat. It's okay to, for politicians to ask foreign governments to interfere in elections to help them. It's okay for presidents to violate national security. This long list. And by at least stopping something, I think we're moving in the right direction. I get the political equation, Nader, and I am as nervous as you are that this thing might blow up in the Democrats' face and Trump may claim vindication and go on to win re-election. And I think that if that happens, That's it will I'm be really the end of the Republic. Of. But on the other hand, if the Democrats just rolled over, if they just said, oh, you know, it's terrible, we're going to complain about it a lot, but we're not going to do anything, I think sure. then, then the Republic is over, too. Right, 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 right. So what do you do? Nancy Pelosi, by taking this very precision, you know, kind of guided missile approach, just taking these two things, Trump has refused any cooperation whatsoever with the impeachment committee, and the Constitution gives the House of Representatives sole power of impeachment, 
So that's the obstruction, the second article. And that Trump solicited help from Ukraine by just taking those two undisputed points and using those, I think that she has the highest chance of actually having success in the Senate. And I think in particular, if Mitt Romney can succeed in getting the Senate rules changed, and we'll see, so that there can be a secret ballot, I think that he will be impeached in the Senate. If there's not a secret ballot, it's going to be much more problematic. Nader, thanks a lot for the call. Patrick in Seaside, California. Hey, Patrick, what's on your mind? Hi, Tom. As far as I'm concerned, I think most people would agree, caging children is a crime against humanity. I know you've said you would like to see more articles. I would like to see them somehow incorporate that. Also, obstruction of justice, which he does, it seems, like on a daily basis. The point I was going to make about additional articles is, I think Ralph Nader wrote in Common Dreams or Alternate that everything we don't charge him with potentially empowers and emboldens future presidents to commit the same crimes and atrocities, and certainly caging children is an atrocity. Do you think we should be contacting our representatives to try and encourage them to draw up additional articles? That horse has left the barn. I agree with Ralph Nader, and that's the point that I made where I said that by not putting our foot down and saying, no, you can't do it. It's like with little kids, you know, I mean, yeah. if, if you let them get into the kitchen cupboard and drag the, the cookies out every night before bed, uh, when you finally decide that that's not a good idea, <laughs> the precedent well, we has do, been we set. Do have a, we do have a malignantly narcissistic, petulant five-year-old as our president, yeah. a, a national, international that, embarrassment. Thus, the, thus the, the analogy. But I understand the political, the simple political reality here. And one of the points that the New York Times article about this made is that there were a number of, quote, conservative Democrats or, quote, Democrats representing conservative districts. I think there's 13 or 18 Democrats right now in the, in the caucus who were elected in the last election in districts that went heavily for Donald Trump and in districts where other Republicans were elected. So without those people, but Nancy Pelosi, I think she's got a 20, 22 vote margin, something like that, 17 oh, vote Oh, I have margin. a bumper sticker slogan for Pelosi that a friend just texted me. Pelosi 2019. Yeah, there you go. It's got uh, a short shelf life, but. Yeah, yeah. But you know, my, my point is that, and the New York Times point was that Pelosi did, the one thing she's brilliant at, which is why she's such a good speaker, is not only controlling her caucus, but also understanding their needs. I mean, she's just extraordinary. The last person in my lifetime who I thought had that kind of ability was Tip O'Neill. And what she did. What about Rayburn? Say what? What about Sam Rayburn? You know, I don't remember Sam Rayburn. I, that was in the 60s, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I think I was a little, I, w I was too young then. I wasn't paying attention to the, the Congress. But in any case, my point is that she made the political calculation that, you know, there's basically, there's no defense against this, right? I mean, everybody's admitting it. Trump has launched no defense at all. And so she made the political calculation that even those people who might vote with the president on a lot of things, who might not be considered not only progressive Democrats, but they might not even be considered Democrats if you look at their voting records, even those people in the Democratic Party will vote for this. And that this also has the greatest chance of getting some Republicans in the Senate to vote because they're going to have to deny reality. I mean, it's just that simple. Yeah. The, the two charges are, number one, he tried to get Ukraine to interfere in our election. Nobody is disputing that, to the best of my knowledge. The closest they get is that after candidate Trump said that Russia should be able to keep Crimea, one of the legislators 
in Ukraine published an article in a Ukrainian newspaper published in Ukrainian, not even in English, saying that Donald Trump shouldn't be elected president because if he was elected president, his policy toward Ukraine and Russia would be contrary to the interests of Ukraine. I mean, that's prima facie. It's right on its face. You know, it's factual. That's not trying to interfere in our election. But that's the closest Republicans have to a rebuttal is pointing to that guy's op-ed. And so... And yelling and throwing their feces like chimpanzees. Right, exactly. So, I mean, I went through Walter Schaub's list, and I agree with everything on his list, and I think that that's a comprehensive list of impeachable offenses. But the simple reality, Patrick, right now is that this can get through the House, and it has the greatest chance of pulling... She's got to get 20 or 22 Republicans, I believe it's 20 Republicans, in the Senate to vote for impeachment. It takes 67 votes in the Senate. And... That's going to be a heavy lift. So onward we go. Patrick, thanks for the call. It's great to hear from you. Tom Harmon here with you. Brent in Kansas City, Missouri. Hey, Brent, what's on your mind today? Are you familiar with Texas Hold'em, right? I've played the game. For people who don't know, it's a type of poker. Yeah. Yeah. So basically, the Republicans are the guys at the table that are always blowing smoke. And I feel like the Democrats have just been slow playing and check raising them the whole time, flopping the turner here. And now we've got all our chips in and we're waiting for the river. And my question is, is it possible, because I don't know very much about impeachment, but is it possible that they delay the vote in the House so that it can't go to the Senate until after the election in hopes of picking up extra seats? No, it's not possible. I mean, it's technically legally possible, but Nancy Pelosi has said that she wants to get this vote done before Christmas. I would not be surprised if the vote happens this week or is scheduled for early next week. That would be my guess. What she's doing right now, and Steny Hoyer is actually probably doing the biggest share of the work because that's his job as the whip, is literally going around to every single member of the Democratic caucus and saying, how are you going to vote on this? And uh, when would you like the vote to be held? Do you want this right away or do you want it you know, next week? Uh, but they're not going to let this happen after, until after, uh, you know, they're not, the House is not going to postpone it until after Christmas. Um, and certainly not for a year, you know, for uh, or more than 11 months into the next election. And uh, similarly, Mitch McConnell will have his uh, time in the Senate. He's going to apparently drag it out as long as he can, probably to try to hurt anybody who might oppose Joe Biden, because they think that they have succeeded in dirtying up Joe Biden. We'll see. And the polls are not asking that question. That's the, the one thing, you know, the polls that show, you know, 30 percent of Democrats would vote for Joe Biden and, you know, roughly 40 percent of Democrats would vote for either Bernie or Elizabeth Warren. Then you got another 10, 15 percent of the, of the Democrats who are solidly for some other, you know, moderate candidate. You know, so basically it's the moderates versus the progressives and it's about 50 50. But I'm not seeing any national polling that shows whether people think that Joe Biden is corrupt, which would indicate whether or not the Republican smear job has worked. I'm guessing it hasn't worked with Democrats, but the question is, has it worked with independents? And also, you know, how Trump is doing, you know, with this. And I'm not seeing good, reliable and consistent polling on that either. So, um, you know, these are all things that might affect it. Brent, thanks a lot for the call. Lamont in Indianapolis. Hey, Lamont, what's up? Hey, Tom, I was just wondering, how come any Democrats during these hearings haven't pointed out that during the time of an accident when Joe Biden did this to get this guy, this prosecutor, Alston, and the son was there, that the Republicans had control of the House and the Senate, and that 
why is it they didn't look at it then that they're trying to bring it up now? Oh, that's a good question. Problem with that question, Lamont, is that it's logical and rational. <laughs> right. Uh, I mean, somebody should just, in the hearing yesterday, somebody, I would have asked the Republican attorney that. Right. right. You mean to tell me that Matt Gates, Jim Jordan, the great Devin Nunes right. didn't see this out in the open because it wasn't hinted that Hunter Biden was working there, right? Yeah. Everybody knew he was working there. Yeah, no, it wasn't. So they had control of the House and the Senate. Why didn't they look at it then? Yeah. Yeah. Excellent question. Lamont, thank you. Thank you. You put your finger on a good one. Keep an eye on Joni Ernst. Keep an eye on Tom Tillis. Keep an eye on Cory Gardner. Keep an eye on Kirsten Cinema. Keep an eye on, on um, Susan Collins in Maine. And keep an eye on Mitt Romney. These Republican senators and the way that they respond to this battle going on right now between Mitch McConnell, who wants to postpone and slow walk the whole impeachment trial, and Donald Trump, who wants to get it over and done with so that he can go into campaign mode as quickly as possible, is going to get real interesting. And whether and, and here's a question for you we can talk about in the next hour. Is McConnell going to slow, slow walk this? And if so, why? Is it just to screw with the Democratic senators who are running for election, or is there another agenda here? Lou in Phoenix, Arizona. Hey, Lou, what's up? Hi, Tom. I wanted to bring up the bill. There's an automatic austerity bill, Senate Bill 2765, mm -hmm. and a number of Democrats signed on to that. So I'm, I'm trying to figure out what the strategy is, and it seems to be, you know, to block progressive change later. Yeah, I don't know anything about it, Lowell, so I can't offer you an opinion. I'm sorry. Give me the bill number again, and I'll look it up after we oh. get off the air. Sure. Senate 2765. 2765. Okay. I'll check it out and get back with you, as they say. Thanks a lot for sure. the call. Thanks. Good talking to you. Steve in Conifer, Colorado, watching Free Speech TV. Hey, Steve, what's up? I wanted to talk to you about your move to the center, uh, along with Stephanie Miller's and Randy Rhodes. I guess it's my impression that you all believe in the Russiagate conspiracy theory is what I would call it. And I haven't seen a lot of you folks bring on anybody to counter that argument, including Aaron Maté or Max Blumenthal or Abby Martin, your old colleague. We had Julio Rivera on saying that this is all okay. a fraud, but I don't think it's a fraud. And I think that the evidence that was laid out in the Mueller report is pretty clear and pretty explicit, and I would suggest that you read it. Joanne in Bellhaven, North Carolina. Hey, Joanne, what's up? My biggest concern is that the Democrats really need to spend their time holding on to the House and taking the Senate. Right. Because in my opinion, that would be plan B. If they do that, and they take the Senate, and they hold the House, we will see people running out of there like their pants are on fire because that is something so how I would know. you do it i mean what's what's your suggestion for how we take back the senate i think they have to concentrate on that i think tom perez who is the head of the democratic party he really needs to focus and get together with progressive type democrats mm. to come up with a plan to work on just that working on keeping the House and getting the Senate. They have to do that. And then they're going to have to do massive fundraising and that kind of thing. I think they're, I mean, for example, Bloomberg's in the race. Why is he in the race? Because he can. Because in 1976, yeah, the Supreme Court said that if a billionaire wants to fund his own campaign, then there are no campaign rules. Well, he should then take some of that money and help them. I help agree. The Democrats win. <laughs> I think Tom Steyer <laughs> should too, and I told him that to his face on, on this program.
Eric in Birmingham, Alabama. Hey, Eric, what's on your mind today? Yeah, I'm calling because I've been listening to the hearings, the Senate hearings, mm-hmm. and the Steel dossier constantly keep coming up. But they blaming the Democrats and Clinton candidacy for producing that dossier. And they wasn't the ones that, that produced that dossier. That dossier was produced by, I believe, the Heritage Organization, who got it for one of their candidates, but the candidate dropped out. Yeah, it was originally paid for by some right-wing uh, group or billionaire who was funding a right-wing newspaper out of Washington, D.C., and it was opposition research against Donald Trump, and it was supposed to help Marco Rubio. And then when Rubio yeah. dropped out of the race, the Democrats bought basically the research. Well, my point is, why, when you look, they constantly bring it up in the hearing, mm-hmm. and they bring it up as it was the Democratic Party and the Clinton candidacy that wanted that dossier done for them. And the Democrats, senators, they're not correcting them. Yeah. You know, they just, because they, they're continually telling a lie. You know, and you got to, you have to stop the lies and no. I know, this is, this, this is, this is the problem. I mean, this is absolutely the problem. And uh, Eric, thank you for the call on that. In fact, let me play some FDR. This is uh, Franklin Roosevelt talking about the technique that Donald Trump and the Republican Party are using right now. Remember, a number of years ago, there was a book, Mein Kampf, Mein Kampf, written by Hitler himself. The technique was all set out in Hitler's book, and it was copied by the aggressors of Italy and Japan. According to that technique, you should never use a small falsehood, always a big one. For its very fantastic nature would make it more credible. If only you keep repeating it over and over and over again. See, there was a time in America when Americans actually understood what propaganda was, and they knew how to spot this stuff, and, uh, you know, sadly, that, that time has long passed. Liz in Los Angeles. Hey, Liz, what's up? Wanted to make a uh, comment about okay. Rush Limbaugh. All right, go and, for it. Well, the book talks about how he got to be so powerful and everything. It's the excerpt, that's my mm-hmm. uh, understanding. But I saw Rush Limbaugh before he got on radio, when he was on television with an audience. And there was a guy who questioned him and um Limbaugh became a buffoon. He just couldn't mm-hmm. answer anything well, when he was confronted. That was so actually I, after he had started his radio show. He, he got a TV show maybe four or five years after he started his radio show. I think it was in 87. I might be wrong. I'm pretty sure it was 87 that he started his radio show, maybe 88. And like around 92, 93, maybe it was even the first year of Bill Clinton's presidency, he got a TV show that lasted less than a year, as I recall, because he just didn't do TV very well. Is that what you're talking about, Liz? Yeah, and and what I'm saying is I think he was very manipulated because he always had control. You know, Mm -hmm. he could always push the off button. He could rant at people, and they weren't able to respond to him. Whereas on TV, these people, this one guy was confronting him, and he couldn't answer him. Right. And he's not as smart and slick as he thinks he is, but I think the powers that be in, in the conservative radio area, uh, he was somebody that they wanted, and he sounds as good when he had no adversaries um, 
confronting him. Yeah, this know, is so. one of the big differences between conservative talk radio and progressive talk radio. On this program, I regularly have conservatives on and I argue or debate with them, you know, whatever you want to call it. I try to make it respectful anyway. I mean, we had Julio Rivera and we had uh, Brian. Brian Pruitt. And both Republicans, in fact, I just tweeted to, to Brian just a few minutes ago because you know, I know my issues and I can hold my own. You will not hear strong progressive voices having a debate with Sean Hannity or Rush Limbaugh. In fact, Sean Hannity got rid of Alan Combs. You know, I don't want, I don't, don't want that anymore because Alan Combs was regularly eating his lunch. This was back when it was Hannity and Combs on Fox News. And, you know, it has just become, right-wing talk radio has just become its own little insular bubble. You know, I go to the big talk radio convention every year that Talkers Magazine puts on, and, you know, 90% of the people there are right-wing hosts, because that's 90% of talk radio. And it just astonishes me how, the, you know, they talk to each other. And I get on these panels and debate them and, and you know, I'll pull up something and they'll, they'll, they'll behave like they don't even know what I'm talking about. Anyhow, Liz, thanks for the call. Your point is well taken and a good observation. Joyce in Chatham, Virginia. Hey, Joyce, what's up? Hi, Tom. Thank you very much for your program. I so appreciate the information you provide. I have a request. You hear a lot about gerrymandering on the state level mm-hmm. for uh you know and i've never heard anybody really explain how that works to me it sounds like they're saying it's a foregone conclusion no matter how many votes they get if the republicans have drawn these lines right. to their advantage yeah the constitution okay. requires that every congressional district in a state some states are so small that they only have one member of Congress, like Vermont. Okay, so there's no gerrymandering right. going on in Vermont. But if okay. you go to Massachusetts or you go to North Carolina or you go to California or something like that, these larger states, they have multiple members of Congress. And because they're, they have a larger population, because the Constitution says that I think originally it was for every 130,000 or something, you know, people, and then they capped it back in the 20s or 30s um, that, you know, there won't be any more members of Congress. So the districts are now, on average, I think a congressional district represents a little over 750,000 people. So, uh-huh. so, so you got a state with, you know, let's say it is 750,000 people and you got a state with 5 million people, you're going to have six congressional districts, more or less. And they have to be drawn in such a way that each one has roughly the exact same number of people. But that's the only guidance that the Constitution provides. So what they do in the states is they'll say, okay, we're going to take the Democratic area, and let's say that most of the state is Democratic, but some small parts of the state are Republican. They'll draw the lines in such ways that will dilute the Democratic vote and will will emphasize the Republican vote. And that's why some of them look like salamanders, which is where gerrymander came from. El- Elbridge Jerry did this in Massachusetts oh, back, okay. in, back, okay. in the, back in the early 1800s. Yeah. And he, he started the process as a, as, you know, as a member of, uh, I think, of the, of the state legislature at the time. Maybe he was the governor, I don't recall. And he was one of the framers. He was one of the founders and framers. The bottom line is that you can have a situation like you have in, I believe it was Pennsylvania, was so gerrymandered. It could be North Carolina. North 
Carolina. Yeah, definitely. It was terrible. You get <laughs> yeah. you get a, a majority of the people voted for Democratic members of the House of Representatives, but a majority of the representatives who go to Washington D.C. representing the state are Republicans, and that uh -huh. is that is the case in multiple states. And gerrymandering now has gotten down to being such a precise science that they are literally drawing around individual houses. It used to be around neighborhoods now, and then it went to around blocks, and now they're actually drawing lines around individual houses. So that's what it is, Joyce, and it's pernicious. And the okay. way that California responded to it, and Joyce, thanks for the call. The way that California responded to it is they said, we're not going to let politicians draw these lines anymore. We're going to have the lines be drawn instead by a nonpartisan, independent, politically independent politics commission made up of people who are basically like statisticians and geographers or something. And the goal being that everybody will get equal representation in the state. Districts will no longer be safely anything unless the, that's just inherent in the district. Hiring is challenging, and it used to be hard. Multiple job sites, stacks of resumes, a confusing review process. But today, hiring can be easy, and you only have to go to one place to get it done. ZipRecruiter. In fact, go to ZipRecruiter.com slash begin. ZipRecruiter sends your job to over 100 of the web's leading job boards, and they don't stop there. With their powerful matching technology, ZipRecruiter scans thousands of resumes to find people with the right experience and invites them to apply to your job. As applications come in, ZipRecruiter analyzes each one and spotlights the top candidates so you cannot miss a great match. ZipRecruiter is so effective that four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site within the first day. Right now, listeners here can try ZipRecruiter for free at this exclusive web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash begin. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash B-E-G-I-N. ZipRecruiter.com slash begin. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Tom Harmon here with you. Connie in Greenville, South Carolina. Hey, Connie, what's on your mind today? Oh, thanks for taking my call. People don't know propaganda when they hear it today. No, they don't. That's correct. Um, I was not quite that old enough, but I do remember uh, growing up, my uncles who had come back from the war had told me about Tokyo Rose mm -hmm. and Axis Sally. Axis Sally was an American who... <laughs> who, uh, I don't know, I guess she was getting a heck of a lot of money. It was something um, in the car, that's why I was watching. And um, she would just put out all false information to all the soldiers that were over there to disrupt their emotions and make them feel homesick. Tokyo Rose did the same thing, only she was a Japanese person. As I think I remember, she was quite wealthy. Come from an, you know, a very influential family. So and here in America, we have Fox, you know? Yeah. And I don't understand how it, you don't pick this up as, as an American. I find more stuff on Facebook. And what I do is if I get this crazy posting, mm. I will click on the person that wrote it, not the person that sent it to me. And it, it never fails. It never fails. You can't even find them. Because then I go back to Facebook and I try and look them up. You can't even get to them. Huh. They're just... It's like a habit with me now. Yeah. So. <laughs> well, this is, the, I mean, this is the new era that we live in. We live in the, in the propaganda age. And ironically, in 2010, in the fall of 2010, when, um, or maybe it was January 2010, when Citizens United decision was announced by the Supreme Court, in oh, his yes. dissent, John Paul Stevens, in his dissent, said, under this decision, 
Tokyo Rose would have had the legal right to fund American politicians and broadcast her propaganda in the United States. And you can go back, you can, you can you literally, you can read it on the Supreme Court's website. Just read the dissent in Citizens United. It's the most chilling thing. And President Obama, you recall, in his State of the Union address in, in uh, 2011, said this, basically. He didn't mention Tokyo Rose, but he said, you know, this Citizens United decision is going to distort our politics. And uh, Sam Alito was sitting there and he said, you know, he mouthed no and shook his head back and forth. But Obama was absolutely right. And Sam Alito was absolutely wrong. Connie, excellent point. Thank you for calling and making it. I appreciate it. Brian in Madison, Wisconsin. Hey, Brian, what's on your mind today? Well, the post office, Tom. Okay, go for it. I I hear that uh, Megan Brennan announced her retirement next January. Who is Megan Brennan? She's the postmaster general. Okay. And that concerns me that I believe there's a board of governors for the post office. Is that correct? That's correct, yes. And those are all Trump appointees? I don't know about that. Yeah, it just, typically uh, they, you know, when they when they create an agency with a board of governors, they try to stag. I mean, Amtrak's the same thing. NPR is the same thing. Broadcasting board of governors. I used to have a friend who was on it. They try to stagger those placements on those boards so that they typically over a ten-year period at least, so that even on an eight-year presidential term, you're getting members who are appointed by both Democratic and Republican presidents. I would guess that it's the same thing with the postal board, but I don't know personally. Yeah, I just received something from our local AFL-CIO telling us to contact all of our representatives. I don't know if that's going to make a difference or not. Yeah. If you've got a link on that, Brian, if you could tweet it to me, I'd really appreciate it. It's the best way to get information to me. I do read my Twitter feed, and it's Tom underscore Hartman. And I'll dig into it, and we can talk about it on the air. Brian, thanks a lot for the call. It's great to hear from you. Janet in Augustine, California. Hey, Janet, what's up? I'm kind of worried. I would like to see Bernie Sanders as the president of the United States. And I'm kind of worried that if he stays with the Democratic Party, the party will choose Joe Biden because it doesn't want to lose all of the wealth that it gets from Wall Street, the banks, and et cetera. I think he should run as an independent. That would be suicide, politically speaking. Think so? Yeah, we have we have not elected an independent president. I don't think in the history of the republic. Uh, Teddy Roosevelt tried it. Ross Perot tried it. it. Yeah, mm-hmm. no, I, I, Janet, I, I share your concerns whatever. about the party blocking out either Bernie or Elizabeth Warren. You know, progressives on, uh, and it would happen on the second ballot when the super when the super delegates can vote. And I hope that it doesn't shake out that way. I, I really do. But it's probably the big possibility that is haunting a lot of progressives all across the United States and has to be haunting Bernie and and Elizabeth Warren. But, you know, the answer is to get active, (laughs) which brings me to the way I wrap up this show every single day and have for 15 years. You know, democracy is not a spectator sport. It's not something that we just sit around and it happens organically and naturally and falls out of the sky. Democracy, a constitutionally limited republic, requires that we all participate which means getting out there, getting active, telling your friends and neighbors and relatives about progressive media, waking people up, and making sure that they're registered to vote. So get out there, get active, tag, you're it. You've been listening to Tom Hartman. For audio and video archives, visit TomHartman.com.
Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. 